Blog Talk Radio. You know, happiness is a dimension of our own nature. Happiness, from a spiritual point of view, is not based on conditions or circumstances. Innately, we're happy beings. We're spiritual beings. So that means that happiness and joy are already built within. And as we're growing spiritually, we are removing filters from seeing or feeling the happiness that's already there. When we're somewhat blocked, happiness is conditioned. We say, well, I got a new car, therefore I'm happy. Or this person didn't call me back, therefore I'm unhappy. And so it's conditioned-based. But as we mature spiritually and we begin to touch into our real nature and being, we notice that we're happy regardless of what's going on. Something bad happens, we don't like it, but the happiness is still there. Uh, someone doesn't call us back, some plan doesn't work out, we don't like it, but the happiness is still there. So that's a sign of spiritual maturity. So can we define happiness as the way to transform every emotion and transform it in, to feel something right? Yes, you, you can uh, basically, you, you discover your happiness when you're able to see that in every circumstance, There is possibility, there's potential, and there's an energy behind it pushing you to a greater expression of, of, of who and what you really are. People become frustrated and unhappy if they feel there's no way out, if they feel that every road is blocked. But in reality, with a capital R, there's no such world. No world like that exists. We're surrounded by infinite possibilities. And so, with a shift of perception and attitude, you begin to see those possibilities. And those possibilities uh, invite us uh, to activate potential within us. Uh, the gifts and talents within us that are latent, the possibilities invite us to activate, to discover and activate those, those possibilities. So again, then happiness would be us uh, becoming more ourselves. That'd be a very blissful state. So it doesn't deny that bad things happen in the world. It doesn't deny that people die. People die on us. You know, people leave. Jobs change. It doesn't deny that. But when we come to an understanding that even with all the changes that are going on in the phenomenal world, there's still something about us that's permanent. There's something about us that's forever. And that part of us that's forever is spiritual, which means it never, it never began and it will never end. And as we become more and more identified with that, identified not just in, with a belief system, but identified that with some kind of spiritual practice, some kind of focus, some kind of intention, then our life takes on a whole different, a whole different vibration. How we can overcome the fear of rejection? Rejection is paying too much attention. The fear of rejection is paying too much attention to what other people are thinking about you and other, what other people are thinking about what you're thinking about. And people live in that kind of a bubble. I wonder if that person likes me. I wonder if this person appreciates me. And those are, uh, that's the wrong mode of being in the world. You have to think about what the universe thinks about you. And the universe thinks you're important. The, the, whatever name you want to use, you can say the universe, you can say the cosmos, you can say God, whatever. What, what, is, what does the universe think of you? And because you were created, you have meaning, You are important, you're worthy, you're worthwhile, because you weren't made accidentally. You weren't just accidentally made. 
nature didn't just come together and accidentally make you. You know, uh, there was a perfect idea behind you with c complete potential and possibility uh, to be activated. So you have to begin to think about, we all have to begin to think about, how does the universe think about me? Not how does that person over there think about me? Not how those group of people over there think about me. That's a waste of my time. Then I start to people please. I start to do things to make them like me, and, and, which may take away from my mission, may take away from my authenticity. It may take away from my, my powers, because I'm thinking about what they're thinking about. And they're thinking about what I'm thinking about. Everybody's thinking about what other people are thinking about what they're thinking about. <laughs> no. And what difference do you, do you see between pay attention to others yes. and learn from feedback of others? Yeah. yeah, you can learn from feedback from others. I'm not overly concerned about what others are thinking about me because I'm living my passion and my purpose and my intention. And then life gives me feedback. If, if I'm being stubborn in some area, then, then, then there'll be some feedback from either life itself or from people. If, if I'm being arrogant, you'll get the feedback. If you're being wishy-washy, you get the feedback. So you learn how to pay attention. And, you know, as, you, as you mature and become more comfortable with yourself, you're able to take criticism. And what happens is uh, you start paying, uh, you start seeing, what, what, what they're called the two imposters, criticism and praise. There are people that praise you and people that criticize you. But after a while, you don't really care about either one of them. They're called imposters. And so if somebody's criticizing you and saying, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, you know, shut up, whatever, <laughs> you, 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 you don't care. It's like, thank you for your feedback, <laughs> you know. And if somebody says, oh, you're the greatest, you're the greatest, you, 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 you're the best, you say, thank you, for your, thank you for your feedback. You start treating both the same because you're not trying to get something from the people. You're giving a gift to the people. You're getting your information and your energy directly from the life force, you see. You're getting fed by life. Life is giving you information, and you're sharing it. And if people don't want it, and they say, ah, it's a bunch of baloney, thank you. I won't give it to you, you know. And if somebody says, I want it, thank you. Here it is. But after a while, praise and criticism, you don't really care because you're... you're you're becoming so in tune inside of yourself. Yeah. It's, like, it's like if you are a mathematician and you know that 10 plus 10 is 20. You know it. It's not an opinion. You know it. And you stand in front of a group and you start to do your math and somebody says, I don't believe that. What are you going to do? You're going to say, okay, thank you. You know, you know 10 plus 10 is 20. You say, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> Good example. They're giving you feedback where you need to grow. Because when you get out here as a public figure, People talk about you. If you do really good, they talk about you more. You yeah. do really, really good, they talk about you really, really more. It, yeah. it goes with scale. And then you learn this. Um, mediocrity attacks excellence all the time. And so if you're seeking to live a, an excellent life, those who are, have agreement with mediocrity, they attack you because you're making them uncomfortable. They want to stay small, so they attack people who are trying to do big things. Let's talk about the law of attraction. According to you, how we can use the law of attraction? Well, the, the basic, first start with the basics. The basic law is what you chronically think about is what you bring about in your experience. A thought is a unit of mental energy. Energy can never be created or destroyed. 
energy just keeps changing itself into higher or lower expressions. So if you're constantly thinking negative, you know, uh, life is hard and, and then you die. There's not enough good jobs around. Uh, there's no... Decrease crisis. Yeah, everything is working. Then you, your, your body temple gets that message. The cells of your, of your body begin to hear that. It starts to produce, produce toxic chemicals. Your immune system starts to become unhinged, starts to be, be impaired. Your thinking starts to go down because of the toxic chemicals. And you start to bring about what you're thinking about. You become sick, uh, not as much energy, so therefore your opportunities are depleted. Uh, your energy is down, critical thinking goes down. And then you start to bring about that negativity that you're describing. But you change it around and you begin to say, you know, I'm surrounded by opportunities. Life is good. Everything is working together for my good. I, 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 I'm surrounded by infinite opportunities. Uh, prosperity is right here. And then what happens? When you start to say that, your mood is lifted. Tonic chemicals and endorphins start to go through the body. starts to amplify your immune system. Your thinking becomes more clearer. You start to see life differently. Opportunities, you start to see opportunities that you couldn't see before. Possibilities open up that you didn't even know about because your attitude has changed. And what looks like the law of attraction is simply you lifting your vibration so that you can see the potential that's here. And then we call it the law of attraction, but what it really is, I call it the law of, the law of radiation, the law of emergence. Because what you're doing is allowing that which is within you to come out and, and to radiate and to emerge and to express. And then in the physical form, good things happen. And it looks like it's a, you're attracting it, but what's really happening is you're radiating it. And what you're radiating is becoming visible. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L., where remedy meets preparation. Given what most Americans believe, the next statement may be more shocking than any previous. The fact is, the United States is not a country, but a corporation contractually created by the Constitution. Your state is a country, per the law, and your original citizenship is of that country. Our founders instituted themselves to be first and foremost citizens of their respective states. As of 1787, those states already had formed a union, and they created the Constitution for the purpose of perfecting that union in forming a national government. They did not intend that the new nation have any jurisdiction or powers over the states or their citizens that were not specifically enumerated in the Constitution. They stated this point quite clearly in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 of the Constitution. They granted the United States exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district not exceeding 10 miles square as may become the seat of the government of the United States, our District of Columbia, and to exercise authority over all places purchased by the consent of the states. And that is all. The framers further secured the rights of the people with the Ninth and Tenth Amendments in the Bill of Rights. In the Ninth, they established that the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. 
and in the 10th, they made clear that the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. The only way the federal government can have any jurisdiction beyond these constitutional clauses is by written permission or contract, which leads us to another piece of the puzzle, the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, ratified in 1868 following the Civil War. As barbaric as it may sound today, the black slaves prior to the conclusion of the Civil War were legally considered to be property with none of the rights or privileges of free-born people, only duties. The money interests took advantage of America's desire to free the slaves and found a way to use the swiftly adopted post-war constitutional amendments to enslave all of the people. The deceit is in the wording of both the 13th and 14th Amendments. You will note that the 13th Amendment provides that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude shall exist within the United States. But why the emphasis on involuntary servitude? Isn't it the same thing as slavery? Sure it is. But they had to mention the concept of involuntary servitude because they wished to retain another type of slavery, voluntary servitude. Voluntary servitude is an ancient and established concept. It was the way serfs became subjects to their lords during feudal times in England and other European countries. It was a way for free men to earn a living at a time when all property was held by a select few, and thus anyone who wanted to farm and support their family had first to agree to be subject to a lord of the land. Our forefathers hated this concept and designed our Constitution to exclude titles of nobility, making all Americans sovereign. The 14th Amendment turned the intention of the founders on its ear by making voluntary servitude a requirement for former slaves to gain the rights already guaranteed to free-born United States citizens. When the slaves were released from their involuntary servitude following the war, their status was changed from that of being property to that of being a person. But being a person still entitled them to none of the rights associated with citizenship. So the 14th Amendment ostensibly was written to provide the former slaves with the same constitutional rights of free-born American citizens, but only if they agreed first to become subject to the jurisdiction of the corporate United States, making oneself paramountly, that is, first subject to the jurisdiction of the laws of the United States, however, limits access to parts of the Bill of Rights as we'll explain in a moment. But first remember, anyone who voluntarily subjects himself to the laws or jurisdiction of another is, in every way, obligated to abide by the terms of any contracts or laws established by whomever establishes the rules of the contract. In simple terms, this meant that the former slaves became subjects first to the United States and secondly to the state in which they lived. They had no sovereignty whatsoever. This status had never existed in the United States prior to that time. The 14th Amendment created a new class of citizenship in the United States, a second-class citizenship. Up until 1868, every American was a paramount citizen of their state, and by virtue of that, also a citizen of the United States, with full individual sovereignty as guaranteed by Amendments 9 and 10 in the Bill of Rights. 
But so-called naturalized citizens, or 14th Amendment citizens, are paramountly subject to all laws of the United States, and, having no status as freeborn citizens, have no access at all to the unenumerated rights retained for the people by Articles 9 and 10 of the Bill of Rights. That's because, in order to get any rights at all, they had to subject themselves to the jurisdiction of the corporate United States, which left them no unenumerated rights. The only rights they had were those specifically written into the Constitution. The sad tragedy of America today is that all U.S. citizens, regardless of race, are now 14th Amendment slaves due to contracts with the government of the United States through Social Security, birth certificates, driving licenses, citizenship statements, tax forms, and many other documents. The true paramount citizenship that all Americans deserve is that of their respective state, which is a sovereign citizenship. Such status would exempt them from federal and state income taxes, as well as property and inheritance taxes. This sovereign citizenship was the status held by our forefathers. Now, if you're still thinking that the U.S. government needs to have a central bank and collect income tax or it will collapse, think again. Over two-thirds of the federal government's income is derived from sources other than income tax. There is even evidence suggesting that none of your income tax is used by the government. Fees, excise taxes, tariffs, sales taxes, and other forms of income have easily supported the U.S. budget in the past and could easily support it now. We have done without a national bank for large stretches of our history, and the U.S. Treasury is perfectly capable of printing and managing a money supply. In fact, the only constitutionally sanctioned currency is backed by gold or other precious metals. This is a far more stable form of currency and is the type of money the Treasury was designed to handle. The government was doing so well collecting money under these original laws that it had amassed a huge surplus by the time this cartoon was penned a hundred years later in 1887, when there still was no income tax collected at all. Up to this point, we have shown you how the money interests have, one, established the Federal Reserve System, and two, exploited a second class of citizenship created by the 14th Amendment for other purposes, and we have mentioned a few names involved in the creation of the Fed. But there are other organizations working for our economic enslavement as well, along with other extremely rich and powerful international bankers. Those who support the Fed have created a global movement to centralize economic power in various puppet organizations that preach peace and stability through some variation of socialism, but act aggressively to draw nations into a web of foreign debt and servitude to their agenda. The United Nations, the World Monetary Fund, and the Council on Foreign Relations are all committed to an agenda of world domination through manipulation of economic power. The Council on Foreign Relations openly admits to being a private club, yet it is the primary recruiting post in both international banking and the federal government of the United States. Richard Nixon, Nelson Rockefeller, John Foster Dulles, Dean Rusk, Alger Hiss, Robert S. McNamara, and every president since FDR, with the exception of John Kennedy, 
have been members of this exclusive club where super financiers and your elected representatives can mix freely and plan the next step in the consolidation of power in a new world order. And I know a lot of people misunderstood it, so I want you to be able to say it. Um, I think it was Details Magazine. You talked about, you used the word God, and that's what messed everybody up. But you said you, something to the effect you were a self-made God. Explain it. Um, I made up my mind to make a change in my life when I was 16 years old. We are all gods on this planet, every man and every woman. We create life. We can take life. We control what goes into the sea, whether the fish can live or not. We decide if the trees can grow tall. We decide if the children will eat. We are very powerful beings on the planet Earth. And when I said a self-made God, I meant just what I said. Barry White changed his life. Mm -hmm. So you're right. Yeah. And people criticize the statement? No, not to my knowledge. First yeah. time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people tend to play down our power. Mm-hmm. Well, don't worry about it. This next guy do it, or let's ask God above to do it. There's a lot of things that has to change on this planet Earth that only we can change. And until we embrace the fact that we are as powerful uh, as we are as beings, we're going to continue to make the mistakes and allow the mistakes to be made from our children to our adults to our elderly to whatever situation you want to talk about. Okay. we we got to run to a quick commercial, and they're going to do a cut from the album, and we're waiting for an Isaac Hayes album soon. You sure can invite him. Right. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on The Bottom Line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. You going? First of all, you're going to have to stick to your passions. You're going to have to be true to yourself. Number two, you got to stop thinking of yourself as human. You got to start thinking of yourself as advanced entities. See, the brain or the archetype of the collective consciousness only gives you what you think yourself it is. That's right. If you think of yourself just being a motherfucker walking around here just trying to get along and just trying to make it, then that's all you are, cattle. But if you think of yourself as those immortal beings that is prophesied before the return, then your brain will send that signal to the higher you, and the higher you will produce the armor around you, although it is invisible, it protects you. See the thing? I'm not going to put this on the table again. Let me use Like I said, so you get this on the table. If you say that you are a normal open from the stokey, walking around here, you are cattle, you are property of the United States government, under the three-fifths of a human being act, and they can do what the fuck they want to do with you. Right. As, as you've always been. But if you send signals to your higher God self that you are an advanced entity, come back to change this mess, then your body will grow the armor all around you. And let you know what I'm telling you about. They produce the movie this summer called Spawn. Anybody saw it? You need to go get it. Because in the movie, when the guy came, he said, 
using your power when you get mad. That's how we do. We get help happening. Yeah. He said, but you need to start cultivating your energy and knowing who you are. He said, because your, your taste is the body of armor and your suit is the body of armor. We're talking about your melanin. And the more and more you think, the melanin is only set up for you to think on an advanced, immortal level. Yes. The superhero. The hero comes from what? The God Heru. And who is Heru? You are the Heru. How the hell you think they make these things? So when you start thinking of yourself at an advanced superhero level or a superhero Heru level, then your melanin produces the type of chemical structure or the type of spiritual or etheric structure that is conducive to what the fuck you thinking. Alright. Okay. It's a process in a brain computer. What is that? A melanin is a brain computer that produces what you think. But if you, it can't produce so much stuff on the lower level because the melanin is higher than that level. It only produces when you break it to a higher level and start thinking in a higher level, then it produces that. That's why the white boy even know that, who ain't already got no melanin. They teach their children, they into all the Star Wars and the superheroes and the superhero that and the comic books and all that shit. What you perceive yourself is what you are. So you got to stop perceiving yourself as just an everyday Negro. And stop perceiving yourself as sons and daughters of God. Now ain't no way to hell no sons and daughters of God will be walking around this motherfucker talking about both. You're supposed to be ruling God's systems and universes. So therefore, you got to start programming the melanin, which is the actual way you program the actual alchemy process. It's thought. The physical is an illusion. It doesn't exist. So you have to program through thought. Y'all getting it? Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's see. A few other things here. What time is it? Huh? Tune in. Okay. Let's, 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 let's deal with this right now. We're going to come back. We're going to come back tomorrow. Let's deal with this. If the religion that you have is designed to shut down your God principles, you can call it the archetypes of the collective unconsciousness, then what they speak against that, you, that makes you scared of is your actual, actual power. Now what I mean by that is this. We're talking about certain ancient words that you think now has been turned into something negative that it wasn't before. And this is what it means. The word demon that you think is negative is your higher melanated spirit. And give you a case in point on what I'm talking about is this. A brother called me back in 95. He said, I've been going, he said, I've been, I was born with a veil. You know, that's the southern word of, I was born psychic. Right. Or I was a seer. Right. So I was born with a veil and I could see. He said, now ever since I was a little boy, these damn evil spirits been following me. He says about three of them. He said, all my life, he said, I done gone to all kind of people. And those particular people that I have gone to have take, told me all kinds of things to get rid of them. And brother, they still bothering me. What do you know that I can do to stop this? And right then the spirit said, 
Motherfucker, them ain't no demon. Them his motherfucking boys. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, them your boys, man. You supposed to congratulate them and say, hey, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand now. I'm on such a low level to when I look up at what is God now, that scares me because it's remotely different than what I've fallen to. That's heaven coming to get you out of hell and you scared of heaven. I say, greet them. Pull our bases to them and tell them to come on in. He greeted the pull out bases and they came up and said, Hey, man. Lord, brother, we've been trying for 37 years to get with you. We used to hang out in a previous life, but you incarnated back into the physical and we are still on this plane. And ever since, and we've been trying to get to you for years, because it's been thousands of years. But what happened was, is you were so ignorant in the other incarnation, but this time when you were born in a veil, you could see us, so therefore we figured we could visit you because you had some type of consciousness. But he was up in that Orthodox Islam. It was calling them gems and shit. He said, we've been trying to get to you since you was a little boy. You are out there important. You see? So what you call demons is called Agodamian. Like it or not, we all come hardwired with a complete set. Twelve six-pack. The Gnostic demons are units of unchained natural forces within ourselves, our melanated forces, that we have ignored, denied, and disowned. They serve us to do, our, to do their mischief when, when our will is will and is, is ambiguous and our resistance is low. After we have committed an embarrassing act of, unbelie- of unbelievable stupidity, you are really referring to them when you slap yourself and say, I am my own worst enemy. As long as they are ignored, they are uh, uncontrolled, they are dangerous and hungry beasts in, un- in, in an abandoned zoo. Now, what this means is this. What this means is this. The ancient word for that is called agodamian, or demon, which is the melanin spirit. Which is the melanin spirit. I told you about books on Gautia. Alex Crowley said that the Gautia spirit, but those particular so-called demon spirits that the Christianity is telling you not to deal with, is nothing but the leftover portions of the brain that science tells you your ass don't use. Remember they say we only use a small portion of our brain? That's when you tap into the real deal science of the melanin and the real deal archetypes of your brain. It's so unusual in this regular, rational, mundane shit that you go through until you get scared. But that's your higher self coming and say, man, if you really tap into this shit and face your own soul, we can fuck out some shit. You see? But in order to pray to that, you've got to pray to your higher self. But so to pray to God, hell, all people are God. As the Bible says, you might be praying to some black man on his front porch, that motherfucker might be on crack. He's still a God. You know what I'm saying? So you've got to understand to talk and put on it to yourself. You know what I mean when I say this? You do this shit all the time. See, the society tell your ass, people who talk to themselves is crazy. But you know you've been talking to your goddamn self for years. Just when the motherfucker comes around, you say, who are you talking to? Oh, I was saying <laughs> Why do you talk 
You talk to yourself because that's your higher self you're talking to and ain't nobody around. You do it all the time. What you got to do now is you got to start referring to the energy and all, all the God that you're looking for. The higher God has made the law to put it within you. Say the only way you're going to get to me is through yourself. So you can't get to the Father but through the Son. Not through some old motherfucker hanging on some damn cross. You worship a dead motherfucker, you screw. <laughs> he a motherfucker that couldn't even save himself from the cracker from the Romans, and I'm gonna give the, the trust to that pastor. He's about to come better than that shit. Cause I know some motherfucker white people better than that shit. <laughs> okay, okay, let me just say. The key on what I'm saying is this. We'll be back tomorrow. Is the power that you are looking for? It's in yourself. This is not blasphemy. This is not so-called sacrilege. What it's saying to heaven is within. So what it is is you got to start referring to yourself. Now you, you, you can't even look at it as just an objective entity. What you got to do now is start referring to yourself as God too. You see what I'm saying? And now you got to stop doing this. So now you don't need to be praying no more. You're supposed to do this. And this is what it says. The entities that you used to pray to when you was a, a young child, they used to be your guardians. But as you become an adult or become God, they become your servants because they're only forces of elements that can only be willed and commanded by you. So all the God that you pray to, you're supposed to be telling them to get off your ass. Because it ain't a... Uh, Physical body, as you think, is forces of elements. Water, air, fire, earth. You understand what I'm saying? Energy. So you got to command the energy. That's what the whole, that's what Yoda, which was there. If you go get the, the picture of Horus, you'll see a Heru standing on some crocodiles and you'll see the god best behind his head. That's damn Yoda. Did you see the Star Wars? You see they put him on the back? That was Yoda. Actually, you know what that was? That was his higher self on the inside talking to him. But Yoda said, you got to use the force all around you. The shit is authentic because he read red six the doggone books to get it and the hero of a thousand faces. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. Ever told on a brother? No. Ever squeezed the trigger? Yeah. Ever set a brother up? No. Ever helped a brother out when he was down on the yeah. job? You a sap? No. You a boss player? You a Mac? Yeah. Let me hold a couple dollars. No. Y'all still be popping y'all collars? Yeah. Stock rims on the straight? No. Paint wetter than the lake? Yeah. Kudo in my blood? No. Number third? Yeah. You a loser? No. Winner? Yeah.
crazy? Yep. Hater? No. Wanna see a player get paper? Yep. Traitor? No. Loyal to my soil, not a faker? Yep. Sleep? No. Brush moves, hella active in the streets? Yep. Scared of the dark? No. Have money, have heart?
Go get something. 
You already got it. El Fatah. Open is your work. The becoming is your work. Everything you need, you got it. If somebody says, be ye perfect, you'd have to already be perfect because you can't put pieces together to make perfect those apart. Perfect is one. Undivided. Unbroken. Complete. Well, brother, let me tell you something. You already got it. You already are it. You just don't know it. And what I mean is, this thing here does not know it is perfect. It keeps telling you you're making mistakes. You don't know what you're doing. You can't do that. You don't know how to do that. I'm poor. I ain't got. I don't know what. That ain't where the mind of Christ works. But that's what you want to quiet in your mind. And put, I can. I know how. I am. I so desire. For whatever it is you so desire, you decree it, declare it, and proclaim it. That's how you get it. Because that's how you got everything else you got. As to whether you did it consciously or subconsciously. It doesn't matter. You have three levels of mind. The super, the conscious, and the subconscious. And you think on all three of them. It's what you're thinking that makes the difference. If your subconscious keeps making you make mistakes, it's because you keep telling it to do so. And as long as you tell your mind it's broken, it's going to behave like a broken mind. It's going to keep you poor, hungry, and scared. That's imperfect. Turn that shit around. I am G-O-D right now. I am master, able, and noble right now. That's your prayer for transforming yourself to G-O-D. And don't accept anything less than that. Stop being a servant. Stop groveling in your prayers. Claim your divinity. Claim your godhood. Claim the knowledge of the universe. Claim your wealth. Noble Drew Ali told the Moors, each and every one of you, supposed to inherit a million dollars. And he said that in 1920-something. How many millionaires we got now? Hell, you can't... What do you mean, not many? We got so many, we can't even count them, man. Where are you living at? I'm trying to tell you something. You have to get you past poverty with this. Quit thinking, poor. Quit thinking, I don't have it. I don't... I can't get it. Don't look up and see somebody else hit the numbers for $20 million and they tell yourself, I, I can't, I, I, I ain't. I. What the hell are you talking about? Why can't you turn around and tell yourself just the opposite? I didn't win $20 million. That's what the sister did when she opened up the Bible. And the Spirit told her to read those verses in that chapter. And then when she got a closed book, the Spirit told her, 
don't close that book. Write them numbers down. <laughs> and carry them to the wind. Wait a minute. I'm talking about right here in New York. A black woman who used to scrub floors for a living. Six million dollars that weekend. She ain't scrubbing nobody's damn floors no more. You know what I'm saying? You know? Quit reaching for the bottom. And the money's on top. Real money. And, and don't ask God for some money. Because a penny is money. And he'll give you a penny if you ask for a penny. You know what I'm saying? Quit asking for cheap shit. <laughs> damn supermarket full of steaks. You go in there and buy some damn beans and rice. What is you doing? You know what I'm saying? Get up here. Why is it you don't think you're supposed to live a wonderful, pleasant, prosperous life? Who told you you weren't supposed to do that? Nobody but you. Well, quit doing that. Yeah, quit going for the okey-doke. It's okey-doke. I'm poor. It's okey-doke. I ain't got shit. It's okey-doke. You know, I'm sick. It's okey-doke. You know, I don't know shit. It's okey-doke. <laughs> quit going. Quit going for okie doke. You hear me? Now I'm talking to your spirit. Because that's what's going to get you out of poverty. And that's what's going to get you out of hell. It's the God within yourself. That's the one you're looking for. That's your best friend. And that's the only one who will be with you forever. When Jesus goes somewhere else, that God will still be there. You sure enough want to make him and her your best friend. Hmm? A God that will always tell you the truth. Only if you will always listen. When you stop listening, everybody starts telling you a lie. Because that's what you're looking for when you stop listening to your own truth. Take the responsibility of being God. How do you get there? One way, and one way only. By desire. You have to want to be God. You can't get there no other way. Psychological assumption automatically provides the means to fulfill the dream desire is the law of mind in action. The psychological assumption automatically provides the means to fulfill the dream desire. If you do not have the desire to become God, you are not going to become God, certainly not by accident. That's a car running over you. Not God. You have to have it in here. If you want to be a servant, that's already in there. That's easy. Upgrade. You heard the statement, all grow up. Well, yeah, grow up. 
and, and, and find out you might be 25 feet tall. <laughs> That's a Reverend Biscuit in me coming out there. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio. Now to attend News Channel 3, getting to the bottom of a burning question one Memphis man has been trying to answer for years. Why is Shelby County Juvenile Court forcing him to pay for a child that is not biologically his. What's even more unusual, he says the judges at juvenile court have an idea who the real father is. Yet they're still demanding he pay up. Now he's turning to on-your-side investigator Stephanie Skurlock for help. Talk show TV makes millions off the catchphrase, you are not the father. But the reality in Memphis is just because you're not the daddy doesn't mean Shelby County Juvenile Court won't make you pay. I was down there in handcuffs and chains. Over the years, Edward Bowdery had his driver's license stripped and once even found himself in handcuffs over child support payments for a child that's not his. I would hate to see somebody else go through the same thing. I've been going through this, I mean, headaches. This mound of paperwork shows a juvenile court judge ordered him to pay child support even before the birth. I didn't do a voluntary acknowledgement. I didn't sign the birth certificate. All I knew is we legitimated the child in your name. Bowdery asked several judges during several hearings for a DNA test, but no judge ordered one. I said, how did I even get put on child support? And I never said this was my child. And they said, again, this is not what we're here for. In 2009, he took the child himself to get a DNA test and found the son he'd supported for years was not biologically his. He took the documentation to court. The judge wouldn't accept it, but ordered a new DNA test done that showed the same results. Probability of paternity, 0%. They never did do what they were originally supposed to do, which was give me the opportunity to take a DNA test. I was just a, a voice not being heard, so I guess I needed a choir. Juvenile Court Magistrate Nancy Kessler agreed in October to allow Bowdery to disestablish paternity, but only after, he says, she admonished him for taking it this far. The judge stated that, well, I, don't, I find it very distasteful that you're bastardizing a child. The judge stopped the child support going forward, but Bowdery still has to pay $460 a month to the mother in back pay. He doesn't believe he should have to pay anything. In fact, he believes someone owes him money, the $30,000 he's already paid. Administrators at juvenile court denied our request for an interview on this case, saying it's not appropriate to comment about rulings. What are the chances of him getting his money back? It is very unusual and very infrequent. Family lawyer Miles Mason says in a similar case, the Tennessee Supreme Court ruled a man in Middle Tennessee could sue his ex-wife for fraud. He got a $100,000 judgment. There was a very large judgment awarded against the mother, but I doubt it would be likely that they would be able to collect in most, case, in most cases. 
this uh, bill is simple, that a person who has proven not to be the biological father. State Representative G.A. Hardaway says he's heard from a number of fathers in his district who were like Bowdery. He introduced a bill letting them file civil lawsuits against the biological fathers, but it never made it out of committee. To a degree, justice needs to be served. I think it, it needs to be a, a totally different, a, a, a new law or something. The question many people might ask, why is Battery still paying back pay to the child's mother? Well, we're told by law, the new judge he's dealing with can't undo another judge's ruling. For the On Your Side Investigators, Stephanie Skirlock, WREG News, Channel 3.
No intention to stop now. Penthouse with the sky view. I woke up feeling free and I love you. Take the air I breathe, yeah. I'm free. Changing the station. You're listening to the bottom line with your host, Joey L. To understand this, you have to go back to what young brother here referred to as the house Negro and the field Negro back during slavery. There was two kinds of slaves. There was the house Negro and the field Negro. The house Negro, they lived in the house with masters. They dressed pretty good. They ate good, because they ate his food. What he left. <laughs> they lived in the attic or the basement, but still they lived near their master. And they loved their master more than the master loved himself. They would, they would give their life to save their master's house quicker than the master would. The house Negro, if the master said, we got a good house here, the house Negro said, yeah, we got a good house here. Whenever the master said we, he said we. That's how you can tell a house Negro. If the master's, if the master's house caught on fire, the house Negro would fight harder to put the blaze out than the master would. If the master got sick, the house Negro would say, what's the matter, boss? We sick. We sick. <laughs> he identified himself with his master more than his master identified with himself. And if you came to the house Negro and said, let's run away, let's escape, let's separate, that house Negro would look at you and say, man, you crazy. What you mean separate? Where is there a better house than this? Where can I wear better clothes than this? Where can I eat better food than this? That was that house Negro. In those days, he was called a house nigger. And that's what we call him today because we still got some house niggers running around here. This modern house Negro loves his master. He wants to live near him. He'll pay three times as much as the house is worth just to live near his master. And then brag about, I'm the only Negro out here. <laughs> I'm the only one on my job. I'm the only one in this school, you nothing but a house Negro. Yeah. 
And if someone come to you right now and say, let's separate, you say the same thing that the house Negro said on the plantation. What you mean separate? From America? This good white man? Where you gonna get a better job than you get here? I mean, this is what you say. I, I ain't left nothing in Africa. That's what you say. Why you left your mind in Africa. On that same plantation, there was the field Negro. The field Negro, those were the masses. There was always more Negroes in the field than there was Negroes in the house. The Negro in the field caught hell. He ate leftovers. In the house, they ate high up on the hull. The Negro in the field didn't get nothing but what was left of the insides of the hog. They call them chitlins nowadays. <laughs> in those days, they call them what they were, guts. That's what you were, a gut eater. And some of you are all still gut eaters. The field Negro was beaten from morning till night. He lived in a shack, in a hut. He wore cast off clothes. And he hated his master. I say he hated his master. He was intelligent. That house Negro loved his master. But that field Negro, remember, they were in the majority. And they hated the master. When the house caught on fire, he didn't try and put it out. That field Negro prayed for a wind, <laughs> for a breeze. When the master got sick, the field Negro prayed that he died. If someone come to the field Negro and said, let's separate, let's run, he didn't say, where are we going? He said, any place is better than here. got field Negroes in America today. I'm a field Negro. The masses are the field Negroes. When they see this man's house on fire, you don't hear these little Negroes talking about our government is in trouble. They say the government is in trouble. Imagine a Negro, our government, I even heard one say, our astronauts, they won't even let him near the plant. And our astronauts, our Navy, that's a Negro that's out of his mind. That's a Negro that's out of his mind. Just as the slave master in that day used Tom, the house Negro, to keep the field Negroes in check, the same old slave master today has Negroes who are nothing but modern Uncle Toms, 20th century Uncle Toms, to keep you and me in check.
keep us under control, keep us passive and peaceful and nonviolent. That's Tom making you nonviolent. It's like when you go to the dentist and the man is going to take your tooth. You're going to fight him when he starts pulling. So they squirt some stuff in your jaw called Novocaine to make you think they're not doing anything to you. So you sit there and cause you got all that Novocaine in your jaw, you suffer peacefully. <laughs> Blood running all down your jaw. And you don't know what's happening. Cause someone has taught you to suffer peacefully. The white man do the same thing to you in the street. When he gonna want to put knots on your head and take advantage of you and don't have to be afraid of you fighting back, to keep you from fighting back, he get these old religious Uncle Toms to teach you and me that just like Novocaine, suffer peacefully. Don't stop suffering, just suffer peacefully. As Reverend Cleve pointed out, let your blood flow in the streets. This is a shame. And you know he's a Christian preacher. If it's a shame to him, you know what it is to me. Because <laughs> nothing in our book, the Koran, as you call it, Koran, teaches us to suffer peacefully. Our religion teaches us to be intelligent, be peaceful, be courteous, obey the law, respect everyone. But if someone puts his hand on you, send them to the cemetery. That's a good religion. In fact, that's that old-time religion. That's the one that Ma and Pa used to talk about. An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth, and a head for a head, and a life for a life. That's a good religion. And then anybody, no one resents that kind of religion being taught but a wolf who intends to make you his meal. This is the way it is with the white man in America. He's a wolf and you a sheep. Anytime a shepherd, a pastor, teach you and me not to run from the white man and at the same time teachers don't fight the white man, He's a traitor to you and me. Don't lay down our life all by itself. No. Preserve your life. It's the best thing you got. And if you got to give it up, let it be even Stephen. The slave master took Tom and dressed him well and fed him well and even gave him a little education, a little education. Gave him a long coat 
and a top hat and made all the other slaves look up to him. Then he used Tom to control them. The same strategy that was used in those days is used today by the same white man. He take a Negro, so-called Negro, and make him prominent, build him up, publicize him, make him a celebrity, and then he becomes a spokesman for Negroes and a Negro leader. I would like to just mention one thing else quickly, and that is the, the uh, method that the white man uses, how the white man uses these big guns or Negro leaders against the black revolution. They are not a part of the black revolution. They're used against the black revolution. When Martin Luther King failed to desegregate Albany, Georgia, the civil rights struggle in America reached its low point. King became bankrupt almost as a leader. Plus, even financially, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference was in financial trouble. Plus, it was in trouble, period, with the people when they failed to uh, desegregate Albany, Georgia. Other Negro civil rights leaders of so-called national stature became fallen idols. As they became fallen idols, begin to lose their prestige and influence, local Negro leaders begin to stir up the masses. In Cambridge, Maryland, Gloria Richardson. In Danville, Danville, Virginia, and other parts of the country, local leaders begin to stir up our people at the grassroots level. This was never done by these Negroes whom you recognize of national stature. They controlled you, but they never incited you or excited you. They controlled you. They contained you. They kept you on the plantation. As soon as King failed in Birmingham, Negroes took to the streets. King got out and went out to California to a big rally and raised about, I don't know how many thousands of dollars. Come to Detroit and had a march and raised some more thousands of dollars. And recall, right after that, Wilkins attacked King, accused King and the Corps of starting trouble everywhere and then making the NAACP get him out of jail and spend a lot of money. And then he accused King and Corps of raising all the money and not paying it back. This happened. I got it in documented evidence in the newspaper. Roy started attacking King, and King started attacking Roy, and Farmer started attacking both of them. And as these Negroes of national stature begin to attack each other, they begin to lose their control of the Negro masses. And Negroes was out there in the streets. They was talking about, we're going to march on Washington. By the way, and right at that time, Birmingham had exploded, and the Negroes in Birmingham, remember, they also exploded. They began to stab the crackers in the back and bust them upside the head. Yes, they did. That's when Kennedy sent in the troops down in Birmingham. So, and right after that, Kennedy got on the television and said, this is a moral issue. That's when he said he's going to put out a civil rights bill. And when he mentioned civil rights bill and the Southern crackers started talking about they were going to boycott it or filibuster it, then the Negroes started talking about what? We're going to march on Washington, march on the Senate, march on the White House, march on the Congress and tie it up, bring it to a halt.
don't let the government proceed. They even said they were going to go out to the airport and lay down on the runaway and don't let no airplanes land. I'm telling you what they said. That was revolution. That was revolution. That was the black revolution. It was the grassroots out there in the street. Scared the white man to death. Scared the white power structure in Washington, D.C. to death. I was there. When they found out that this black steamroller was going to come down on the Capitol, they called in Wilkins. They called in Randolph. They called in these national Negro leaders that you respect and told them, call it off. Kennedy said, look, y'all letting this thing go too far. And old Tom said, boss, I can't stop it because I didn't start it. I'm telling you what they said. They said, I'm not even in it, much less at the head of it. They said, these Negroes are doing things on their own. They're running ahead of us. And that old shrewd fox, he said, well, if you all aren't in it, I'll put you in it. I'll put you at the head of it. I'll endorse it. I'll welcome it. I'll help it. I'll join it. The very, a matter of hours went by. They had a meeting at the Carlisle Hotel in New York City. The Carlisle Hotel is owned by the Kennedy family. That's the hotel Kennedy spent the night at two nights ago. Belongs to his family. A, a philanthropic society headed by a white man named Stephen Currier called all the top civil rights leaders together at the Carlisle Hotel and told them that by you all fighting each other, you're destroying the civil rights movement. And since you're fighting over money from white liberals, let us set up what's known as the Council for United Civil Rights Leadership. Let's form this council, and all the civil rights organizations will belong to it, and we'll use it for fundraising purposes. Let me show you how tricky the white man is. And as soon as they got it formed, they elected uh, uh, Whitney Young as the chairman. And who you think became the co-chairman? Stephen Currier, the white man. A millionaire. Powell was talking about it down at the Cobo today. This is what he was talking about. Powell knows it happened. Randolph knows it happened. Wilkins knows it happened. King knows it happened. Every one of that so-called big six, they know what happened. Once they formed it with the white man over it, he promised them and gave them $800,000 to split up between the big six and told them that after the march was over, they'd give them 700000 more. A million and a half dollars split up between leaders that you've been following, going to jail for, crying crocodile tears for, and they nothing but Frank James and Jesse James and uh, what you call it, brothers. <laughs> Soon as they, they got the setup organized, the white men made available to them top public relations experts. Opened the news media across the country at their disposal 
And then they begin to project these big six as the leaders of the march. Originally, they weren't even in the march. You was talking this march talk on Haston Street. Is Haston Street still here? On Haston Street. You was talking the march talk on Lenox Avenue. And down on, uh, what you call it, Fillmore Street. And Central Avenue. And 42nd Street and 63rd Street. That's where the march talk was being talked. But the white man put the big six ahead of it. Made them the march. They became the march. They took it over. And the first move they made after they took it over, they invited Walter Ruther, a white man. They invited a priest, a, uh, a rabbi, and an old white preacher. Yes, yeah, the old white preacher. The same white element that put Kennedy in power, labored, the Catholics, the Jews, and liberal Protestants. Same clique that put Kennedy in power joined the March on Washington. It's just like when you got some coffee that's too black, which means it's too strong. What you do? You integrate it with cream. You make it weak. If you pour uh, too much cream in, you won't even know you ever had coffee. It used to be hot, it becomes cool. It used to be strong, it becomes weak. It used to wake you up, now it'll put you to sleep. This is what they did with the March on Washington. They joined it. They didn't integrate it. They infiltrated it. They joined it, became a part of it, took it over. And as they took it over, it lost its militancy. They ceased to be angry. They ceased to be hot. They ceased to be uncompromising. Why, it even ceased to be a march. It became a picnic, a circus. Nothing but a circus with clowns and all. You had one right here in Detroit. I saw it on television with clowns leading it, white clowns and black clowns. I know you don't like what I'm saying, but I'm going to tell you anyway because I can prove what I'm saying. If you think I'm telling you wrong, you bring me Martin Luther King and A. Philip Randolph and James Farmer and uh, those other three and see if they'll deny it over the microphone. No, it was a sellout. It was a takeover. When James Baldwin came in from Paris, they wouldn't let him talk because they couldn't make him go by the script. Bert Lancaster wrote the speech that Baldwin was supposed to make. They wouldn't let Baldwin get up there because they know Baldwin liable to say anything. They controlled it so tight, they told those Negroes what time to hit town. How to come, where to stop, what sign to carry, what song to sing, what speech they could make and what speech they couldn't make, and then told them to get out of town by sundown.
And every one of those times were out of town by sundown. Now, I know you don't like my saying this, but I can back it up. It was a circus, a performance. It beat anything Hollywood could ever do. The performance of the year. Ruther and those other three devils should get an a Academy Award for the best actors because they acted like they really loved Negroes and fooled a whole lot of Negroes. And the six Negro leaders should get a, or an award, too, for the best supporting cast.
Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. What's up? What's up? What's up? What you love that James Brown, that big payback? How y'all feeling tonight? Today is Sunday, the 19th. We in here. We live tonight. Hopefully, um, y'all saw that uh, that that game tonight, right? You know the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, right? Shout out to my team. You know, now I, I have to admit, I ain't one of them niggas that you know I don't rock the jerseys and all of that, but you know. You got to support the spirit in it, you know. So, even though we know that shit fixed. But straight up, though. Peace to the gods. Welcome to the show. You know, how y'all doing tonight? Got a good show lined up for you tonight. I, uh, I didn't title this show. Because um, I, I honestly didn't know what I was going to talk about. I had been trying to figure this out for a moment. I was like, what the fuck am I going to talk about tonight? So, you know, there's a lot of things, obviously, that we've been dealing with. I came across some more civil war information. You know, we haven't went into the American Revolutionary War. You know, you really need to know where the problem really started, which was that whole American Revolutionary War. Right, so you got that. You got all these time periods for things that we've been talking about. We've also been dealing with trust. Right. We've dealt with uh, contracts for our conversation last weekend. But today, I want to dive into real property. And this is an interesting subject, and I want to put it out there, you know, because most people. You know, are confused about this subject, and I and I want to deal with it in the sense of trust. And, and you know, it's funny. I actually I live um, in a building that was um, you know it, it was actually a bank. It actually used to be a bank building, right? But my my building, like I said, right, um, which is interesting about it. Let me tell you, right, uh, Howard Hughes. I used to uh, used to own this building. Now, you know, I, I got to research on this guy. You know, he, he had some pretty interesting history. You know, if you want to think about it, motherfucker went crazy, right? So they said, but he he died in another country. But we don't know that, right? But the the facts here are that this guy had a trust. When he died, he was well, it wasn't even a trust; it was a will. And when he died. It was essentially, I don't know if you want to say, probated. Okay, so they probated this guy as well. All right, now, he made a lot of agreements throughout the period of his life. So, you know, I found this pretty interesting. So, you know, I got to look in and I I found some information about this guy's estate. You know, and if you know anything about estate or estate period, and, you know, estate planning is extremely important, right? So for a lot of, you know, so-called black people, right, misnomer for Moors, right, you Washita's, you, you know, Native Americans out there, right, you, you, you Iroquois, whatever you call yourself, right, there's these uh, misnomers here in terms of what this whole thing is when we talk about estate. 
Now, a lot of times, right, people think, well, you know, maybe I got my estate, I'm good. You know, I did my, I did my UCC, I'm cool. But there's so many layers to what we call trust that ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're not doing it correctly, they'll pierce your shit. So, I want to show you an example, right, of where this happened to a very rich man. Right, who nonetheless was not even around when they attempted to do this because when he when he passed away, they attempted to state out the fifteen of his cousins, which he didn't even want to happen. Right, so I mean, you should find that interesting too. Right now, let's just get into it, right? Because what is an estate? Right, what is an estate? Well, in common law, right. The net worth of a person at any point in time in their life, whether they're alive or they're dead, is considered to be their estate. Right? So many people don't, you know, like this is why they tell you you take a tally of, you know, what you owe, you know, and what you don't owe, what are considered to be um, losses, right? And what are considered to be expenditures, right? Because those are losses too, right? And then you take the tally of everything that you would consider to be an asset, right? This is where you you get your assets and your liabilities. So then you got to make your decision, right? Is this an asset or is it a liability, right? And if it's an asset or a liability to you, then you would understand that an asset goes into your estate and it's considered to be part of what they call your net worth now the sum of your assets will consider things like real property right personal property things of that nature now we're going to talk about real property tonight because real property in English common law right is immovable property which can be considered land, right? Which is the property of some person, right? And all structures, also called improvements or fixtures, integrated within a piece of land. Okay. Now we're talking about your lakes, your ponds, your rivers, your farms, right? Railroads, right? All that shit is considered real property. Why? Because people own them and they're not going anywhere. Right? This is immovable property. Alright? So your immovable property, which is just real property. Welcome to the show. You just now tuning in. Alright, so immovable property is shit that can't be moved. You can't take property from an estate if it cannot be moved. It's immovable. Okay. So I want y'all to, to really think about this thing in terms of estate. Right? Estate planning. Right? Now, an estate, check it, is also what they call a social standard or rank, especially one of high order. Now, you know, most of you have a state. This is the well, you know, depending on what your lineage is, right? This is the whole particular reason why 
these subjects to talk. Now, listen, I, I recognize the fact that people listen to these shows to try to steal information. But see, the reality of it is, is that information, and especially this information, is readily available. Right? It's readily available. So you can't steal some shit and get that. It's readily available. Right? That's like stealing from the cookie jar. Nigga. How many cookies is in the cookie jar? How are you going to steal from a cookie jar? You just put your hand in and grab one. I know, that's a little over your head. Now, let me get back to it. Now, a state, right? And a state is a social standing. What's your social standing? Hold on. It's also a political class. Specifically one of great classes, such as nobility, clergy, formerly vested with distinct political power. See, when we're talking about a state, we're talking about titles of nobility, my nigga. Now, you know, you can you can say what you want. But I understand that a title of nobility, right, can only be vested to you by way of your ancestral. Your ancestral connection. You understand? Now I'm gonna pull this up so y'all can do this. Because you know the constitution says that they can't grant titles of nobility. Now a title of nobility, right, is royal. This is where your insignias and shit come from. This is the whole reason why, listen, man, if you really look at what's happening with the royal family, you'll understand that this is about titles of nobility. It's, it's bigger shit happening than niggas think. Yo, listen, if this nigga's stepping down as the prince, right, nigga's giving up his estate. Nigga, I don't step down. Nigga, I, fuck that shit. Don't give up your estate. I will never give up my estate, and neither should you. Everybody is entitled to an estate. Why you think I play the clip? Why you think I play the clip? The nigga tell you, all y'all is entitled to a million dollars. At least. Why? Because your fucking, your birthright gives you to me. Now, let, let me just give you the definition, right? Imperial, royal, and noble rights. Now, a lot of a lot of people would assume that being imperial or noble is simply based on how you act. But but check it out. In knighthood, it is. It's one. It's actually one of the things in knighthood that determines if you become a noble. Now, traditional rank amongst nobles, such as uh, Moors, okay. Or even your Europeans, okay, is rooted in antiquity, which means that the shit goes way the fuck back. Okay, now let me just pull this up for you, okay? Because the word imperial, noble, royal, right? Because mind you, I just gave you the title of nobility. It is also linked in with the word sovereign. Now, you're going to say to yourself, well, what am I getting at here? How you view yourself? You know, I asked my girl yesterday, I said, you should watch the talk. Right? Because depending on how you look at yourself, right? It says a lot to the world. Right? So I'll say to you, who are you? What are you? 
What do you do? That distinguishes yourself from other people. Now, let me get back to it, right? Because we're talking about imperial royalty. Now, sovereign, the word sovereign, right? It's synonymous with this word nobility. Okay, the word monarch is also derived from this word. Now, I want you to note that all of these titles, right, of nobility, right, because there are lesser titles of nobility, depending on the historical period. The sovereign titles are grouped together. Now, let me give you the sovereign titles. You ready? Emperor, Empress, High Royal King, King, Queen, Sovereign Grand Duke, Grand Prince, Sovereign Prince, Sovereign Prince Duke, <laughs> and religious. Now, let me give you what they call imperial titles. See, you have to understand that when we're talking about a state, we are talking about titles of nobility. Titles of nobility. Listen, man, listen. El Bey, Ali, those are titles of nobility. Because you represent, you, most of you niggas have thrown these titles of nobility on you. Right? And not knowing why. Now, there's a story. It, I believe it was. Uh, I I hate to say the wrong the wrong the wrong king here, but I believe it was King Edward, right? And there was a story where one of his knights decided that he was just gonna give himself nobility, right? So his boy his boy was like, "Nigga, you can't you can't just give yourself nobility. What are you doing? That's not okay." Right? So the, the king says, Well, bring him to my castle and let me talk to him. Right? Brings him to his castle, tells him, says, Listen, who gave you your title of nobility? Because mine was bestowed upon me. And not only was it bestowed upon me, I'm the only person who grants the titles of nobility. Now, I want y'all to follow me here, right? Because you got to ask yourself, well, how come the king is the only person who can grant the titles of nobility? Because he's the motherfucking sovereign. He's the only one. Excuse my language. We got little babies at home. Right? But he's the only one who can give you your true title of nobility. Now, 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 now check it, right? Because I, 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 I get it. It can come from a woman too You know In our culture It can come from women I'll say it again It can also come, A woman can also Be so Titled in nobility So I, I want you to Ask yourself If This is the case Because remember We used to Have a system here I want you to have a system with it, right? High of nobility is based solely, and I, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. It, you know, especially when it comes from women, 
right? That comes from love. Now, when we're talking about the 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 Munati, the Munati were a system of women. They operated in the courts. They granted titles of nobility. They were the true sovereigns. Now, when we're talking about the states, right? Because the you know, state is a social or a political class. The degree to an estate, right, is the nature, the extent of the interest that somebody owns in land or other property, right? Possession, property, especially a person's property, land, tenements, assets, liabilities, like I told you before, left by somebody when they passed away. What did your ancestors leave? What would they? Uh, I mean, let's 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 really think about this, right? At the end of the day, if you have an estate, right, and we call it real property, and we're talking about titles of nobility, then real property is granted to you. Uh, I don't know. It would be granted to you in the sense of the fact that it can't move. This is why people get land granted to them when somebody passes away. Now, because I don't want to get too far off track here, right, there's a case. And in this case, right, this guy, he, he was dealing with, uh, you know, what we consider to be, you know, the state. Now, in SUMA, they call it the SUMA Corp., right, an employee deliberately withheld information about the oral rescission of an agreement. From an employer, and the employer recorded a therefore avoidable deed of trust without the knowledge of the oral rescission agreement. Okay, now this was this was done in 1980. Okay, now the Sumo Corporation, formerly Hughes Tool Company, is a Delaware corporation with extensive holdings in Nevada. So the sole stockholder of Sumo was Howard R. Hughes. Okay. Now, Greenspun owns the Las Vegas Sun, which is a newspaper of general circulation. Other properties in Clark County, Nevada. Now, transactions between Summa and Greenspun commenced in 1967, at which the time Summa loaned Greenspun $4 million okay, at 3% interest. Now, the loan was evidenced by what they call the promissory note, right? Providing for principal payments and annual installments. This guy was going to make annual installments. Now, the note was secured by a deed of trust covering approximately 2,000 acres of land surrounding the Paradise Valley Country Club and a collateral pledge agreement for all the shares of PVCC and 80% of the Las Vegas Sun. And at about the same time, Summa deposited with the Greens Fund 500000 advertising in the Las Vegas Sun. So the deed of trust was not covered at the Covered or recorded at the time, actually, because they didn't record it, it wasn't covered. Now, in 1969, Summa and Fund reached out and made another agreement. Summa was to purchase the Greenspun, the Paradise Valley Country Club, right? The property was described uh, as uh, being listed for $784,000, right? So this is all part of this guy's estate, right? And now we're talking about quite a bit of money here. Right, because remember this guy when he died, he died a billionaire. So, 
you know, and I think what what really makes this shit like really interesting here is that this real property, you know, it was only held in will. So you have to wonder why why how can we never put this in trust? What happened? All right. So essentially the loan was evidenced by a promissory note providing for principal payments and annual installments. Right now the note was secured by a deed of trust. Now we all know what the deed of trust is. Okay. And if you don't let me let me give it to you. I'm gonna give you the official which investigative definition. All right. Now, deed of trust represents an agreement between the borrower and the lender. So, once again, we're talking about an estate, right? This guy agreed to give money, right, on behalf of what would be this estate. Now, a few states, such as Kentucky and Maryland, right, allow the use of both trust deeds and mortgages, right, so you can do both. All right, so this guy, essentially, you know, he, he made an oral agreement before he passed away to do something. Now, in 1969, okay, Sumo, the corporation, reached another agreement, right, to, to purchase another country club, okay? Now, the document, okay, Basically, you know, they was all prepared. They had a warranty deed. They did everything they were supposed to do, essentially. Now, for some reason, the deed of trust wasn't fully disclosed. Okay, now, Howard Hughes decided to rescind the whole transaction. And now he rescinded everything. Okay, so now he did a rescission. He did what, what was known back then as, and still today as a oral rescission. Okay, so he did an oral rescission. So if you do an oral rescission, you know, and I and I think you know this is what's what's really pressing about an oral rescission that most people don't get is, nigga, you got a right to rescind contract. I don't agree to your contract. You don't agree to mine. We can rescind the contract, right? But when Howard Hughes did it, right? No, nobody, you know, it, it was known because there was a witness, but it wasn't written down. Now he requested. Trusted agents to work out such a rescission within Greenspun. After negotiation, Greenspun agreed to rescind the three executory contracts, providing that the executed agreement for the sale of the country club stand along with the rescission. Right? So that they was negotiating. Remember, we're talking about contracts, and I'm still talking about a state too. Now, this guy also requested the return of the promissory note and the deed of trust. These terms were approved by Howard Hughes and Greenspun was so advised. Thereafter, Suma did not demand of principal pursuant to the first promissory note and payments by Greenspun of interest were made and accepted on the second note. Now, on September 21st, 1971, the board of directors approved recordation of the deed of trust covering 2,000 acres. Now, the agreement to rescind was oral. Its terms were never reflected in written form. The agreement contemplated that in return for the forbearance of Greenspun as to the executory land contract. Now, Hughes and his corporation will confirm the PBCC in the second promissory note and collateral pledge agreement and return the first promissory note in deed of trust. Now, Greenspun, which he was the forbearer, Right, 
consumer didn't return the first promissory note or the deed of trust. So now there's an issue here, right, in the court. Now we got contract issue. I hope y'all follow me here, right? Because I'm telling you about this guy, how we're here, right? And his, his story is interesting, right? I mean, his story got me really thinking, you know? And his story is interesting because he dealt with the state. You understand? And, I mean, this guy, he essentially, you know, had he done proper planning, he would have would have done all right. Right? I mean, that's, you know, that, that's that's some pretty straightforward shit right there. Now, the central issue, right, that was litigated in the case, contested before the court, right, is whether the statute of fraud precludes enforcement of oral contracts to rescind. Now, subordinate issues regarding slander of title and damages are also tended to the trial court for decision and are once more presented to this court. Now, number one, statutes of fraud, right? No interest in land shall be surrendered unless by conveyance and writing described by the party surrendering the land. Same by his lawful agent there are two authorized in writing. Okay? That's, that's, your, that's your real property right there, okay? Such as the command in NRS with regard to this statute, the trial court expressed alternative conclusions. Now, first, that since the deed of trust creates a security lien rather than an interest in land, an oral agreement to surrender the lien is not within the statute. Second, the parties did not contemplate a writing in order to perform the agreement. Okay, and rather, the performance was to be by physical delivery of the deed of trust in the first notes of the Green Fund. Third, there was part performance of the oral agreement permitting its proof by parole evidence, right? So, understand that fraud, right, because fraud is a, is a it's very important to understand that when people fraud you, defraud you, right? When you come about the contract and you made it known you wasn't part of that contract, right? That helps you. Yeah, I'm not part of that contract. Okay, now, there's this thing in the state planning called fee simple ownership. When I talked about this recently, right? This is called a fee simple absolute, right? It's the most common type of freehold ownership. This is the highest possible type of ownership, right? That can be held in real property, right? With your trust and all of that shit, okay? Then you have life estates, okay? Then you have future investors, uh, excuse me, future interests. Right. Then you have contingent interest. Now, future interest, if you don't know, future interest is ownership belonging to those who basically will own stuff in the future, okay? Contingent interest is, nigga, I'm giving you something on contingency, like, you know, I'll let you hold it, you know, and if we rock, you know, I'll, you know, I'll rock with you. You know, that, that's contingency basis, okay? So things are done on a contingency. Now, if we think about contingency raises, right? And, and I, I hate to think this, right? Well, especially when we talk about estates, right? If you don't trust your trustee, they shouldn't be your trustee, even on a contingency basis. This brother had that problem when it came to billions of dollars. Now, real property versus real estate. So, 
since real property is land and anything that is immovable upon it, there can be somewhat of a, a gray area when we talk about the two, right? So the definition of real estate is property in building, right? Now, that makes it real property. However, there are some legal issues that can take place when the landowner decides that a piece of real property, right, doesn't apply to the sale price of real estate or vice versa, right? So that's where you get real estate versus real property, right? Two distinctions there. Now, I want y'all to identify here because, you know, in this guy's case, and mind you, this guy's long gone when this case was brought up. But this is based off of what they're saying happened, right? Now, no estate or interest in land other than for lease for a term not exceeding one year, nor any trust or power over concerning lands or any manner relating thereto shall be granted, granted, assigned, surrendered, or declared after 1861, unless by act of operation of law or by deed of conveyance. In writing, described by the party creating, granting, assigning, surrendering, or declaring the same. Or by his lawful agent there to authorized in writing. Right? Now we believe that the NSR, right? NSR that's a code, right? And this is what the court is saying, has directed application for surrender of a deed. Unlike the mortgage and national bank versus creed relied upon by the district court, a trustee conveys the trustor's title or interest in land to the trustee. You gotta convey your shit. This is why niggas had always told you to do the UCC, the non-UCC has all your trust and shit set up, right? But let me tell you what conveyance is. Conveyance is at least giving notice. They give notice. Now, indeed, right? Because we heretofore have ruled that a document, whether viewed as a deed or a deed of trust, is a conveyance of an interest in land within the statute of fraud. The rationale of Creek has no application to a deed of trust. And in the case that court expressly distinguished the equitable lien created by a mortgage of real property from a transfer of title by a trustee, we therefore rule that the lower court erred in concluding that the oral agreement to rescind did not fall within. Now we turn to consider an alternate conclusion of the district court. Although the trial court found that parties did not contemplate writing in order to perform the oral rescission agreement, it does not follow from such finding that the statute of fraud somehow becomes inapplicable to the oral agreement. Arguably, all agreements not in writing contemplate performance without a writing. This reasoning annihilates the statutory requirement. The assertion of the statute by a party to an oral agreement, which the law requires to be in writing, is not fraud. Now, the finding of the court below in this regard does not determine the applicability of the statute. And as noted, the trial court ruled that the doctrine of the part performers allow enforcement of the oral rescission agreement, notwithstanding the failure to comply with the statute of fraud. In order for that doctrine to defeat the statute, the terms of the oral agreement must be definitely established. So the acts of the party, Greenspun, must be done with a view to the agreement being performed. And the party seeking enforcement must have performed or be willing and ready or able to perform the agreement. Now, the terms of the oral rescission agreement were expressed through the trial. Okay? They had testimonies of different witnesses, right? Now, it is the assertion of Summa 
that the testimony is unworthy of credit since each witness gave inconsistency and they pre-trial testimony. See, this is why you got to go in the court with clean hands, good faith, niggas tell the fucking truth. You know, niggas want to wait till they get the solution to tell the truth. No, just tell the truth. Tell the truth, and you'll be all right. It'll set you free. Right? And so when we start talking about this, I mean, they got up in the court, and then they was like, wait a minute. Y'all, y'all actually, y'all had an agreement, but niggas didn't really tell the truth yet. Okay? Then they went for slander. So, and then they say, in order to maintain an action for slander of title, title of the nobility, one must establish that the words spoken were false, that they were maliciously spoken, and that the plaintiff sustained some special pecuniary damage as a direct and natural result of their having been spoken. Okay? Now, the recording of a false document is a publication, and a deed of trust, which should have been canceled, is such a false document. You see, so they had a deed of trust, and they should have canceled the deed of trust. And then they actually went in, and what, what we're talking about is the administrator for this guy's estate, right? And then they went in, and they asked for damages for real property. Give me my money for this guy's estate, right? That's real property. See, it's really important that y'all take your time and, and go through these through these, uh, these these cases that we give you, right? Because if you really look at shit, right, it ain't about case law. It's about understanding contracts. Even these guys who are billionaires have gotten caught up in their own contracts. And this guy wasn't even around. Okay? All right. Three four seven nine eight nine zero one nine four lines is open for y'all. We're gonna take some calls tonight. See what's happening. Uh, focus on yourself, man. Focus on this information. All right, we'll be right back. Hit it. Take us higher. Yeah. Take us higher. Yeah. Fred. 
nothing. You see, I loved hard work, but the love was in return. Now I found out the man I died for, he wasn't even concerned. Uh-huh. Time it turned, he tried to burn me like a perm. Uh-huh. But my eyes saw the deception, my heart wouldn't let me burn. Uh-huh. Um, some dumb woman was I. And every time he lied, he would cry, and inside I died. My heart must have died a thousand deaths. Compared myself to Tony Braxton, thought I'd never catch my breath. Uh-huh. Nothing left, he stole the heart beating for my chest. I tried to call the cops, that type of thing.
This is one of them. Imagine being told to pay child support for a kid that is not yours or go to jail. That was the order the state handed down to a Detroit man. So today he turned himself in, but here's what happened when 7 Action News reporter Kim Russell went with him to court. 
Carnell Alexander walked into the Frank Murphy Hall of Justice knowing in moments he could lose his freedom. I stayed up all night, couldn't sleep, thinking about it. Carnell is a wanted man because he refuses to do what the state orders and to pay child support for a child that DNA tests prove isn't his, a child he doesn't even know. I haven't even had a chance to really speak to him except for one time when we took the DNA test. Nonetheless, right now, under the law, he's a deadbeat dad. Today, he turned himself into the judge's ordered. Scared because I've been before this judge before. But this time, he had attorney Cherica Harris, who volunteered to help after seeing his story on 7 Action News. The judge said he will not go to jail for today. Thank you. Thank Ms. Harris. I hope that we can resolve this soon. I'm just trying to help him with the future. Though the threat of jail is on hold, it is not over. Carnell Alexander still owes more than $30,000 to the state for a child that's not his because the mom wrote his name down because she needed to name someone in order to get welfare benefits. And I had to put him down as the father. That was the only way I can get assistance. Now. I'm almost homeless. I'm almost in jail. I'm out of work. My money is being threatened to be taken. Carnell isn't just worried about how this is impacting him. He says the law needs to be changed. So when this happens, as it often does, other men don't become dad by default. We can be defaulted into being a father of a child that is not ours. I don't understand that law, but it, it is a law in place. In Detroit, Kim Russell, 7 Action News. Yeah, you would think that mother would have to pay that money back instead of him, who's not the father's child. Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L, where remedy meets preparation.
Okay, I'm back, y'all. I apologize, y'all. I had to go get a charger, man, and I think it had me on mute, so I apologize, y'all. Peace to the guy. Welcome back. Let's go to the call line. Let's go to 901-265. What's happening? Nine zero one two six five. All right, let's go to six zero two three nine. What up? What up? All right. What it do, God? Peace to the God. Thank you. This is a you know this, this is kind of an odd show tonight because I really didn't spend a lot of time on the topic, but I spent enough time where y'all should be able to go back and. Do a little research on this and dive into that. Yeah, I didn't even. Can you hear me, brother? Yeah, I can hear you, guys. You got a little reverb. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay, I had to take it off uh, the damn Bluetooth. But yeah, I didn't. I think I got you on know. my list too, bro. For um, for the trust webinar. I'm gonna be sending out that that uh that photo to everybody tonight too on my end. You got it for me. Oh, okay, perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. Hey, I kept texting bits and pieces, man. They kept kicking me out, and I had to get back in, man. So, no shit. Oh man, sometimes blog talk does that shit, bro. I don't even know why it does that, bro. Yeah, so I didn't really get the. Uh, can you uh, run, run, Bobby? What you going over again? Well, you know, we're going over estates tonight, man. This is all about estates, man, estate planning, you know. And, and, and you know what's funny is that we talked about titles of nobility tonight, you know. And a title of nobility is an estate. So, you know, when you put that L, that A, that Ali on your name, you're giving yourself a title of nobility, which is a, which is a vast estate depending on how you secure your estate. Depending on how you do it. That's right. Because you could do it under how they got the uh, the resolution seventy five too. That's correct, bro. That's 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 correct. See, see, the whole thing is resolution seventy five. All that did was say, listen, we can't give y'all titles of nobility, but if you niggas are smart enough, you'll claim your own title of nobility from your ancestors. Yeah. Now, you know, I got a document. I, I got a document I was reading, right, yesterday. And very, very interesting document, right? And I, I'll share it with you uh, in your email. You can check it out, right? And I, I'm gonna try, I may try to just put it on my website for free. But this document, bro, it, it goes into – and, and, and this is this is how this is how dope it is, right? This document goes into how America has always been considered the holy land, right? Which we know because most of them speak Arabic, right? And they were speaking some form of Moorish Latin. Okay, so this book goes into how all of these people would come over here. Now, remember, if you was Dutch or French or German. Those people, a lot of those people were black, right? So this book talks about how the estates 
of all of these people who came over here actually, brother, they actually were were royalty. And and most of the, the black people over here are, are 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 descendants from royalty in a state. This is what this book goes into. Oh yeah, I mean now, I like to check that out. Most of these people that they got their name L on the end of their name. Uh, some of them got baby, but most of them got black names like Jackson and Johnson and shit, bro. Black Dang, that's crazy. That's and dope. So we're talking about a space tonight. This is, this is, you know, I didn't label this show, but but this is, you know, this show will will help people to to get a grasp on what an estate is. It's a type of nobility, so it's protected by trust. You know, those you trust, the ones you trust, that's trust all day. And they got they had nothing to do with it at all. Say it again? I said they have nothing to do with that at all. No, not at all they don't. See 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 here's the thing about here's the thing about a state that I think a lot of people don't get, right? You go through the whole birth certificate process. You do your birth certificate, right? People think, well, okay, I'm done now. I got my estate. But there is what's called equity behind that. You still got to go and get equitable title. Right. But your equitable title is only vested to you through your ancestry. And that's given to you by by way of a trust. So now we're talking about CAFR accounts. You see, so, so now we're going into the real skinny of it, which is, nigga, your money sitting at the county. And it's just your state. Okay. And the way it's operated is just not like how we stand in the money at the county. Exactly. They operate by using see, a credits, lot of right? People, well, it is. See, a lot of people don't understand the basis of this thing, right? So, essentially, you got to look at it like this, right? People go from the aspect of, mm, how can I put this to you? All right, because estate planning, bro, it starts with with, with the whole basis of of knowing, right, who your ancestors are, right, what your trust is. So we're talking about trust law now, right? And so estate planning, contracts, all of that, it falls all under the same thing. And ours would be in the, uh, uh, basically following the treaties and stuff, things like that. Yeah, see, see, see the treaties, the, the Constitution, the treaties, all of those are trust adventures. And it's, it, 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 okay, I want you to think about it like this, right? I was talking to Jonah earlier, he was telling me about how when he was reading his law, right? Um, essentially, you cannot use the Georgia Trust Law. In your trust That makes sense don't it Yeah Why you, Hold on <laughs> Sorry say that one more time You can't use The state's trust laws it, So for instance if, if I want to create A small trust right Then it cannot yeah. be under The constitution in the state Oh because it's already A trust there you go. It got to be under. It, it got to be under your own treaty, like like you just asked me about. 
or, or your own drugs. I get it, just like it is, because it's set up on Listen, Yeah, that's right. That's right. Listen, I'm on the Treaty of Peace and Friendship, Treaty of Morocco, Treaty of Versailles. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there, there's so many treaties that your ancestors did, you know, with, with, with this corporation. You know, you gotta you gotta go into or, or think about this. You got Sharif in law, right? Now that's where your sheriff comes from, right? Your, your sheriff. Yeah. That's 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 the Sharif in law. So your sheriff is essentially the one who 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 follows the constitution. So his law was given to him. Well, his law was given to him from what they call the Great Law of Peace. The Great Law of Peace. Was given to us to, to our ancestors. You see, the, the great law of peace was the great law of peace was given to us from the Iroquois Confederation. And you said it was the great That's, law of peace. It's called the great law of peace. I can't hear what you're saying. Where peace, peace, P E A, like peace to the gods. Great law of peace. Oh, okay. This is where this is where your your Iroquois Confederation gave these Europeans the ability to do commerce because they gave them a constitution to follow. You, you see why you gotta have your own constitution? We had our own constitution. They had to have their own too. That's why they specifically told niggas this constitution wasn't written for niggas. It was written for us. And niggas got offended. Like what you mean? <laughs> Instead of writing their own. I get, I yeah, I get it. So, so in that in that sense, well, our treaty will be we will be making up our own constitution, or is it a constitution we fall under, which will be one of the treaties? Listen, Sharif and law. What what is Sharif and law? Is that not law? Is that not is that not a constitution? Whatever whatever you fall under. I can't tell you what to go under. You understand? But I can tell you how it should be executed. Because see, it's, it's the reason why I can't tell you what to go under is because that's your choice. You might decide to use a, a different treaty than I use. You, you might you might want it. As long I'm gonna tell you like this: as long as you ain't using the Constitution to create, um, see the Constitution protects the contract, but it doesn't create contracts. You see? Yeah. So it's up to you to create your own contract. You create your own contract, then you're good. That's part of this whole estate thing you're talking about. And whatever, whatever fit, whatever you feel, whatever fit, however you feel, once you read them, you can fall up under any one of those you you feel. That's what you're saying. Oh yeah, absolutely, 100. percent Okay. I, I I think it's a it's a discretionary thing. But all of them basically stating the same stuff. Like we basically go live on this same little plot of land or whatever, and not hurting each other, respect each other's will. Oh yeah, oh yeah. See, see, see the thing is, it's about respecting each other. That's your land. This is my land. See, there's a man. There's so much abundance out here that niggas shouldn't be even even taking from each other. Like there's there's enough where nigga everybody can have shit and trust. 
this is what I've been saying about 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 states, right? It's like if you look at this dude, how he is, right? They kept trying to steal this dude's state, right? Like even yeah. his like like when, not when he was alive, but when he was dead, they were trying to steal his state. Same shit. Same, same shit, dude. We talking about, we talking about a lot of money here, right? And property, and we talk about what I, what I called earlier, real property, a movable property, property that don't go nowhere. So, yeah, bro. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, go back and listen to the show, bro. You definitely pick up some jewels. So. Yep, yep. You already know. I'm gonna retune in. I'm gonna finish listening right. to it uh, now too. Already, right. no doubt. I appreciate you. Yeah, uh, uh, shit. How's the back at me? I'll get with you soon. You yeah. already know. All right, peace. Peace. I right, see here. Uh, I right, just put eight one three four three one. Peace to the God. Peace to the God, Joey. How you doing, bro? Your brother's going down. Chilling, man. Chilling, man. Just hanging out, man. Fun day with the Sunday with the kids, man. Just drop them off, so no doubt, no doubt. Love Hope you. your kids are doing well. Absolutely, they is, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, checking out the show, okay. But we, everything is trust. It's, and being that we set up all these trusts, like the car trust, the car trust, the, uh, like say I'm in Florida, so I'm set up. That's the question I really want to ask you. Okay, if I set up my, should I set up my Florida trust before I do my car trust, so I can have the trust to put the. See, 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 see that's, that, that, that's a good question. So you could set them up at the same time, um, and and I would also set up a holdings company to hold the assets of the trust. Okay. If you want, because the holding company also will let you do business in the public. So, so if you want to hold the company to business in the public, and then if you want the if you want the assets from uh, from the trust to just go, you know, like your car, if you want to just be registered under the trust, make sure that you have uh, done that in the in the deed of trust, convey that property. But you have to have the trust set up before you start the holding the company because you want the trust to own the company, correct? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I mean, just it—it it would sound better to me to set up the trust before I do the car trust because I mean, why would I want to go back and do it? I mean, if I'm setting all you. up, I—I I, I agree with you in that aspect because I mean, think about it like this, right? Like you can even put the car under the regular trust if you chose to. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. You know, so I mean, it's a, it's 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 one of them things, bro, where you gotta you gotta make a decision for yourself, um, you know, in terms of how you want to move with your steps. But it's a step by step thing, no doubt about it. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure it out. We, we y'all give so much new information, then it kind of, you know, what I mean, it, it builds on top of it, but it gives you a different avenue to just kind of take and, and run with. Oh, no doubt know. about it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, like you know. It, it, it really helps you if you think about that religious shit, like, you know, having shit in trust, you know, depending on what you're doing, it can be taxes there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. That's why I'm sitting there. Uh, I'm glad I hadn't set it up yet because I was almost ready to do my car trust, but now I think I'm kind of leaning towards setting up the, the trust first and coming that way. 
Cause it might be it might be a little easier. I'm thinking it might be a little easier to go that way. Cause if I'm already got the trust up, and I'm just trying to register call to that trust. I mean, well, it, 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 see the thing is, is once you got the trust set up, then you got to register agent. You see what I'm saying? And once you have a registered agent, then you just go down to the county or the probate court or the Supreme Court, whatever it is in your state, right? And where you're at, you're in Florida, so you go to, so you go to the Secretary of State. And then you register what's known as your situs. Once you register your yeah. trust situs, then you're good because now you got a registered agent on file. Then from that point in time, shit, all you got to do at that point in time, bro, is just start registering shit under your trust. And then you can do what's called... um. Uh, uh, articles of organization, and you, and you can also do um, operating agreements. You see, for everything that you're doing. Yeah, I, gotta get, I ain't got that far yet. Yeah, but you, uh-huh. you way in advance, man. I'm still in. I just might be just out of junior high school with this trust here. That's why you should say calm. If, if you if you yeah, if you, if you, if you in junior high, then I must be a freshman in college. Dude. It's, it's, no, I Right. Nah, I mean, hey, 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 listen, bro. Always a student, fam. I'm always a student, bro. Yeah, I mean, I'm a remain a student. I appreciate that, though. I'm humble. Thank you. In, in, in the sense of that word, definitely. humble. I appreciate that. You know, for real. But, you know, I'm a student, bro. I, I, I'm a student of this game. You know, this information. Like, yeah, keep it real. Every time I do a show, I learn new shit. So, you know, even when I'm teaching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I learn different shit every time. That's why I tune in, man. I try to tune in sober-minded. I wait till I get done with the show, right? Yeah, because I learn something new every time. But, yeah, man, I, I, I ain't want to call you back, Joey, so I sent you a text this morning. Oh, are you, are you good? Are you good? No, no, you good. So I appreciate that. So I hope you understood my text today. You know what I'm saying, what I was talking no, about. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, under circumstances, I appreciate that. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah, but man, um, other than that, you can keep playing that rescission signature, um, with the child support thing, man. That's kind of, you know, it touches my nerve <laughs> every time you play it. <laughs> man, I'm going through man. it. Yeah, and I was talking shit last Sunday about they ain't fuck with me yet. Then I, then I go to my mailbox oh, this week, and yeah, they fuck with me now. They coming out. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. They, they just, they just, they just. They're just taking my license. I don't give a fuck about the license. I mean, I got my Johnson in, so I don't really care about the license. That's all they're talking about. But, uh, we'll they have them back. You know, well, well, you know, man, you, there's ways around that. So. Yeah, well, we need to talk. It doesn't restrict your right to travel. I mean, definitely. I mean, I got my IDP on its way. I got my, you know, I'm, I just... I just cost it in my name right now. That's why I'm trying to get this trust set up. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So, no doubt about it. So that's, get, your, get your trust set up, bro, and work it. That's the best thing I can tell you. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's, why, that, that, that's why this show is real meaningful to me tonight because I got to decide which way I'm going to go about it. But, yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, no doubt. Well, well, listen, that, that's what we're here for, bro. If you need, and remember, this is estate planning. So what you're doing is you playing it for your for for your your lineage, your posterity, for for your for your grandbabies that you'll never meet. You know, three generations, three four generations from now. You see what I'm saying? So you know, exactly. That, that, you know, just keep that in mind when you're doing your estate planning because you know it's it's so much beyond me and you. I ain't even got no kids yet, but I'll tell you what though, 
the, the planning of my estate will make sure that they're good no matter what when they do go. You see what I'm saying? Definitely. I'm just trying to get this little part out of the way because that's that's like that needs my full divided attention. I can't be double minded doing that. Trust, because like you said, no, that's man, a, you can't be That's a plan. Yeah, because right now I'm working on some other shit, lawsuits, and now I got child support. So right now it's kind of my plate kind of full. I ain't trying to take too much more on my plate right now. Because I don't want to fuck this up again. I already had to start. Yeah, I already had to start this process over again because of speeding. So I'm just trying to move slow right now. I I need this money. Man, this is my possibility. Listen, me and you both, brother. It's 2020. Mm-hmm. We're going all the way back this year. But yeah, Joy, man, I appreciate it, man. You know, I appreciate love tuning in, man. Love learning with your brothers, man. It's all love. Love what y'all do, man. Peace to the God, bro. All right, no doubt, bro. Peace. All right, make sure you go to uh, makemorecommerce.com. You can get with me over there. You want to book a consultation. Uh, we got a couple people who got that trust webinar. Uh, that John did. I'm gonna try to add y'all to the box. Uh, give me give me a couple of hours. I'll get y'all all in the box. All right, no problem. Um, and if we got any business, you need to holler at me. Make sure you email me or get with me. No problem. Make more comments at gmail.com. All right, make sure I make myself available to y'all. All right, um, let's go to uh, 407 What up? What's up, bro? Peace to the God. Ain't nothing much, man. Just tuning in to the show, man. Um, you actually answered a couple of the questions about um, the registration of Florida and the, with the trust and the car trust. Yes. I was going to ask a question about that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, but that's you kind of answered now, already. Now, what I would also yeah. do is I would, I would also register it after you see, see in Florida they only make you do Secretary of State. But you also have Everything, the option yeah. to register to register in probate court. So you should register your trust in probate. I was looking up where that is and so I was reading the statute, but I couldn't find it. They talk about certificates of trust, and you got to get approved before you can issue certificates with your trust in the state. I was reading a lot of that stuff. I didn't see that, where to that, register that's where, probate. Li- listen, that, that's where, I know that's what I'm telling you. What you got to do is mm-hmm. in Florida, you register with the Secretary mm-hmm. of State. They, they didn't give you, they give you a certificate down there. They say, okay, hey, you have a trust that we recognize. Then you take your certificate of recognition along with your CITES, right, your declaration of trust, Uh and you take that to probate and you register the probate. Ah, that's how you register the bitch. I was researching that shit like a motherfucker. Thank you so much, Joey. I get it. Yeah, that's how you're supposed to do it, bro. And I was talking to Jonah about, like, the registered agent, and I was going to make the trustee the registered agent, right, and just have an address, you know, have a regular address here and have my trustee also be the registered agent. Is that, like, something I should do or separate it? Who, who, who are you trying to make the registered agent? No, I said my registered agent is going to be my, uh, my registered agent is going to be my trustee and my registered agent, I would say. Would that be a good thing no, to have my trustee as a registered agent? Yeah, I don't see no issue with that. I don't see no issue with that. Okay, for sure, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, I, think be, I think you'd be fine with that. Okay. Now, that's once we register that, then we can start opening these different businesses 
under this trust and having it owned and the state will recognize it now because of the Right, right, exactly. Right, because then you're separating it. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up, Jerry. I've been doing a lot of study, and I appreciate y'all 100, man. What y'all doing is is blessings, man. Because y'all bringing us back to the fold. And like you were saying with the treaties, right, you were saying each treaty works for depending on your trust and stuff. That was whack, whack. Yes, yes, it does. You know what I'm saying? What treaties uh, work out for you? Yeah, what, what, okay. now, now, see, you, you, you gotta go back to your ancestors' laws, treaties and laws. That's your ancestors' treaties, mm-hmm. you see, that, that, that the United States are not under. Or, or they just create their own laws. That's what bylaws are for. Yeah, real talk. Real talk. Real talk. That makes all the sense in the world. Alright, Joey, I just want to touch base a little bit. Okay. I'm gonna rewind the show and catch the beginning. Okay, bro, give me a call this week so we can wrap. Oh, yeah, for sure. We can talk about that other shit. For sure. All right. Okay, bro. No doubt, bro. Peace. All right, peace it up. Peace up. Peace. All right, that's what it is, yo. MakeMoreCommerce.com. Go back and listen to this show. It was a good one. Uh, We're going to shorten this show tonight. Right? We're going to end four minutes early. I'm going to drop that dial and say, y'all, peace to the gods. We're about to here, man. Uh, We'll be in New York next month. Look out for that. I'm working on that seminar, getting the schedule together. So I'll get with y'all soon, all right? I appreciate y'all. Peace to the gods. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio. Slave shit. Slave shit is like, it's like, bump the fuck out, son. For real. See? To live, and to suffer, and to survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up. Get back on my feet so I can can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up. I've been through mad different phases, like mazes, to find my way. And now I know that happy days are not far away. If I'm strong enough, I'll live long enough to see my kids. Doing something more constructive with the time than biz. I know because I've been there, now I'm in there. Sit back and look at what it took for me to get there. First came the bullshit, the drama with my mama. She got on some fly shit, so I split and said that I'ma be that seed that doesn't need much to succeed. Strapped with mad greed, a heart that doesn't bleed. I'm ready for the world, or at least I thought I was. Bagging niggas when I caught a bus. I'm thinking about how short I was. Going too fast, I wouldn't laugh, but yo, I couldn't tell. Group homes and institutes prepared my ass for jail. They put me in a situation, forcing me to be a man. When I was just learning to stand without a helping hand. Was it my fault? Something I did To make a father leave his first kid at seven Doing my first bid Back on the scene at 14 Wrote the scheme to get more green Than I'd ever seen in the dream And by all means I will be living high off the hog And I never gave a fuck about much but my dog That's the only motherfucker I'd head off in my last Just another little nigga Headed nowhere fast Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling I got to get up Back on my feet so I can tear shit up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. I can't get up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. I can't get up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. I got to get up. Get back on my feet so I can
hate to have Shit gets worse as I get older Actions become bolder Heart got cold Chip on my shoulder Did I dare the nigga to touch Didn't need a click Cause I scared a nigga that much One deep with the pitch Starting shit with kicks Catching Vicks Throwing bricks Getting by Being slick Used to get high Just to get by Used to have to talk my L in the morning Before I get fly Ate something Couple of 40s made me hate something After some coke Now I'm ready to take some Three years later Showing signs of stress didn't keep my hair cut, I give a fuck how I dress I'm possessed by the darker side, living the cruddy life Shit like this, kept a nigga with a bloody knife Wanna make records, but I'm fucking it up Slippin', I'm fallin', can't get up Hey, yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up Hey, yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I got to get up Get back on my feet so I can tear shit up Hey, yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up Hey, yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up Wasn't long before I hit rock bottom Niggas talking shit like damn, look how that got Open like a window, no more endo Look at a video, say to myself that could've been yo Ass on the TV, believe me, could be done Something got to give, got to change, now I got a son I got to do the right thing for shorty And that means no more getting high, drinking 40 So I get back, looking tight, slick again Fake niggas jump back on my dick again Nothing but love for those that know how it feels much respect to all my niggas that kept it real Kept a nigga strong, kept a nigga from doing wrong Niggas know who they is, and this is your fucking song And to my boo, who stuck with a nigga do All the bullshit, you get yours, because it's do Hey yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I got to get up Get back on my feet so I can tear shit up Hey yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slippin', I'm fallin', I can't get up Get up, get back on my feet so I can tear shit up.